0: with my loved ones and about God and what he stood for. I thought I'd done something wrong. I thought, sorry, I thought he was punishing me Um, and that I was doing everything wrong in his eyes. So I set about trying through anxiety to do everything right. I needed everything to be morally good. Otherwise, He would be unhappy with me. The pressure of this on my life, excuse me, took a big toll on me and my relationships. But during this time, I never, I never ever ran from him. Even though, uh, even though coming to church, going to small group, worship, prayer, but reading the Bible, it all actually gave, it made me anxious, but I knew I had to stay in him somehow. Thankfully, I have a very supportive boyfriend, family, and fantastic friends within the church who who have listened to me and supported me. With the help of these people, having therapy, and of course Jesus, I've slowly started to get better and trust more and more in him again. Um, So early this year, I, I started to feel so much better And I had a word from someone within the church, so if you're here and you recognize me, please come say hi, because I can't remember you. Um, But I had a word that I should go on mission. Um, To me, this was a very far off idea, Um, but I prayed about it, I thought about it, I spoke to people I trusted about it and decided it was a good, good time and good thing for me to do. I had a sense that God really wanted me to learn more about what his love and grace actually was and that I needed to find my security in him. So in June and July this year, I went to Live Village in South Africa um, for six weeks. And during my time here, I had so many experiences of God's peace. He called me to so many places where I could receive his grace and truly got me to understand what that actually meant. I don't think I'd ever really done that before. And i begun to realise that it was a gift and I, there was absolutely nothing I could do to earn it. Um, yeah, and so whilst I was there, I felt like I should be baptised. I thought about it a lot in the past, um, but because I felt like I was doing everything wrong, I felt I had to be perfect. I felt I had to be have everything in line. I felt I had to be happy, have lots of things worked out before I could be baptised. But whilst... I was had this um, space in South Africa and time to think. God was like, "No, that's completely wrong. I'm not really sure where you have got that from, but that's not it. Um, and actually, all that I really, really want is you. All that, all that you can give me is yourself, and that's all that I want. Um, and that He loves me whether I'm living in His perfect will, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad." He loves me completely, always. Um, So, yeah, I'm really excited to be baptized today. I'm really excited to see what Jesus has got in store for the rest of my life. Um, So, yeah, thank you.
1: Great
2: stuff. Fantastic. And now we're going to welcome Sam, Lauren, and Jacob.
3: Hi, uh, I'm Sam. i just like to read you my testimony. Um, I would say being a Christian has been a roller coaster going through my life because naturally, being a Christian since birth, I was kind of just thrown straight into it. So I only started turning up to the faith uh, services because it was what we did. But I really started thinking about what being a Christian meant at DTI 2022. Uh, it's a youth festival. Uh, it's held every summer and it's changed millions of lives. When doing the service, I had a really strong counter with God. When my head became heavy, I felt overwhelmed, but yet I was still somehow at peace. So that year, coming out of the festival, I started to take action on how I approach life when following God. Yet, unfortunately, my face started to go downhill once again. Starting this year, I was invited to a party, which was a banger, by the way. Uh, and being introduced to being drunk, which at the time I thought was this amazing thing, feeling grown up and doing all these things I would have never done if I was sober. Which I I started to regret almost immediately. So on came DTI uh, this year. But this time, not only did I encounter the Holy Spirit, filling my eyes with tears, it also helped other people to experience the great power of the Lord. For example, this boy from Manchester, about 12, asked me for prayer because he wanted to know that there was a God he could believe in. And so naturally, I prayed for him. Not only did he encounter with God, but I could physically see that God was with him. Especially with the constant shaking of his hands, yet, once again, his face seems so calm. Since this year's DTI, I've really started to reflect on my past actions. I've searched up through the Bible how God views alcohol, drugs, and in Galatians, I found in chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, it states, The acts of sinful nature are obvious, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It was this that made me realise I needed to make a change. I wanted to restart my faith with a clean slate and follow Jesus in the way he would want me to. So this is what led me to decide to become baptised.
4: Hello, um, I'm Lauren, I'm 15, and although coming to Trent Vineyard my whole life, Trent Youth was the first place in which I experienced the Holy Spirit for myself and started learning about Jesus for myself. For many, many years, I've struggled with a number of different things, but the most significant has been my appearance and especially my smile. But as I've received prayer, I've learned to trust in God's creation and value the way he's made me. I decided I needed to trust my plan over God. God's plan over mine. (laughs) I decided I needed to trust God's plan over mine. And then, at Dreaming the Impossible 2023, I felt the Holy Spirit in a way I'd never experienced before. It started with a warmth over my hands and then a tingling, and then I couldn't feel them at all. The numbness slowly went away as I started reflecting on what had happened and talked to my small group. This was so, so surreal and so different from previous experiences. To this day, I'm still unpicking what this means and asking God to tell me what he's trying to show me. Since making the decision to follow Jesus, my perspective has changed. It went from, I can't do this, to I can do this with Jesus. Trent Vineyard is like a second home to me, and I'll never be able to thank God enough for the people he's placed in my life through my faith. There are still many things I struggle with and being a teenage Christian girl isn't always easy. But as I learn more about my relationship with Jesus, I believe he has a plan for me and will use me in ways that I have to put all my trust in for. And this baptism is my way of showing him that I'm all in. Hi, I'm
5: Jacob, if you don't know me.
6: And I grew up in a Christian family. I've had some connections with God. Like when I was two weeks old, I almost died from meningitis and the doctors told my parents I had brain damage and might be blind and won't be able to walk. But then God healed me. When I was older I really didn't think much of it but I didn't properly experience God until I went to youth and I I was pushed by so many talks which made me realise how good God is. I went to Dreaming the Impossible this year and I had so many good experiences with God. One of them was so powerful that I just started crying and now I want to give my life to him and love him for the rest of my days.
1: Yes. <laughs> Brilliant.
7: I love it.
2: Fantastic. Well, um, in a few moments' time, uh, those being baptised are going to step into one of these pools, fully clothed, they're going to be dunked completely under the water um, and then brought back up again. And that, I mean, of course, that is a pretty strange thing to do, especially in front of a crowd of people like this. Why on earth would they want to do that? I'm going to spend a few moments trying to answer that question. Why do we do this? Um, and to help explain, I'm going to quote a few bits of the, the Bible. Um, uh, they'll come, the words will come up on the screens when I do that. Like, for example, these words of Jesus that are recorded um, in in, in Matthew's gospel. This is what Jesus uh, said. He said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so essentially, this is where the answer begins. We do this because Jesus instructed us to. He commanded his followers to share their faith with others and then to baptize them when they made a decision to commit their lives to following Jesus. And ever since that, Christians all around the globe for the last 2,000 years have continued with this practice of baptism. It's something that we do to acknowledge and mark and also celebrate that an, an event of indescribable significance has occurred in their lives. They have committed their lives to Jesus. They've become Christians. And today their baptism, it, kind of, it carries with it several layers of, of symbolism, of meaning, that sort of symbolise what's happened to them. Um, I heard somebody um, attempt to describe um, some of these symbols by using three words that begin, all begin incidentally with the letter B. Um, and so the first is this: baptism symbolizes a bath. One meaning of the Greek word um, to baptize um, is to wash. Um, And the image here is. um, I remember when I was a kid, I used to play rugby, um, and um, often, especially after winter games, I would come home just covered in mud from head to toe. And my dad would run a bath, and I would um, lower myself into this bath covered in mud. And then, of course, I would emerge a few minutes later, clean, whilst the water remained trapped sorry, the mud remained trapped in the water. And this is the image. That we see here, when the, when the apostle Paul um, in the Bible, when he first came to faith, um, another believer, a guy called Ananias, said to him, he said, "Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name." Similarly, when um, when the church first began, and um, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he he preached to a huge crowd, and he and he told them this. He said, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for." the forgiveness of your sins. Now, a bath um, is a means of washing externally, washing your skin, isn't it? But baptism symbolizes being washed spiritually on the inside, washed clean of, um, of everything that separates us from God. It's an outward sign of an inward change, forgiveness that we've received from Jesus for what the Bible calls our sins. Now, for many people, that word sin is a bit of a, um, it might jar as a bit of a word. It's it's quite a religious word, isn't it? And you might tend to associate it with pious, judgmental types. But in, in its essence, really, the meaning of the word sin is simply any act that falls outside God's definition of what's good and right. Sin is basically doing actions that are offensive to our holy God. Now, some people are more aware than others of the fact that they've sinned, but the Bible asserts actually all have sinned. We're all in the same boat here. And the Bible also explains that the consequences of these sins are like a stain or a blemish that we just can't wash off ourselves. In other places, the Bible likens sin to um, a barrier that separates us from God or a burden that we have to carry around with us. And perhaps if you've, you know, if you've ever done anything that you really regret, You might have sort of like be familiar with that sensation of just feeling a sense of being weighed down by it or burdened. So, just to build on this image, let's say um, if 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 this hand, if my hand here represents you and me, and the lights that are up above me represent God, okay? And let's just say um, this brick represents our sins. The consequence, the effect of our sin, is this burdening effect. This feels pretty heavy. And as you can see, this sin, it also acts as a barrier. Can you see that? Like my, my hand, you and I, we can no longer see God. It distances us from him and it separates us and it threatens to separate us from, from him forever if this brick isn't taken away and there's nothing that we can do ourselves to remove it. And this is the situation that every single human on this planet is, 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 finds himself in because... We've all sinned. We've all sinned with one notable exception. Can you guess who the exception is? It's the person of Jesus. Jesus lived um, a perfect life. He's never sinned. And he's also enjoyed a perfect relationship with God the Father since, since t- before time began. Now, about 700 years before Jesus came to this earth and arrived, a prophet called Isaiah predicted that one day God would send a special s- servant who would bear this burden on behalf of the people. And he explained that this servant, in the, in, in, in the prophet Isaiah's words, would be pierced for our transgressions and he would be crushed for our iniquities. It was a pr- prophecy of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And I'm just going to read some words from a, from a contemporary version of, um, of, of Isaiah that's in a Bible translation called The Message. It says this, We... We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing. We've all gone our own way. And God has piled all of our sins, everything that we have done wrong, on him. On him. On the cross, Jesus bore the burden of the world's sin. And where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us for the potential for that connection between us and God to be restored. And baptism symbolizes all of these people's recognition that they needed to be washed, they needed to be unburdened, they needed to be set free. And their belief that Jesus, through what he did on the cross, has accomplished this, that he is their savior. The second thing that baptism symbolizes is the second B, burial. Just as Jesus died on a cross, and then he was buried in a tomb. And then he was resurrected back to new life. So those top three images, in the same way, baptism symbolizes going down, to our, dying to our old way of life, and then beginning a new kind of life with Jesus. Describing this experience um, in, in, in one edition of this little book, Changing Lives, you can pick it up on the way out. Nicola, who came to faith here, she said, I have never felt so sure of anything in my life. I wanted forgiveness, and I wanted to be a new person. So in a sense, Baptism signifies a burial, dying to our old self, what we used to be like, our old habits and our lifestyle, and from there on choosing a new life, where Jesus is in charge, where he is our Lord. Now, of course, this new life doesn't mean that from then on we're perfect from that day onwards, but hopefully what happens is we begin to notice a change, as we begin a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit, one of becoming more like Jesus. And that's why the next symbol after the burial... The third B is birth. Baptism symbolizes a birth, a beginning of a new life. Not a physical birth, but a spiritual one. Again, in uh, in the the Message um, Bible rendition, John the Baptist said, I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. And just as, um, you know, when a baby is born, it it gets a birth certificate... And and just in in the sense that, in the same way that that is, when you receive a birth certificate, that's not the moment that the baby's born. It happens afterwards, doesn't it? In the same way, baptism is a symbol. It recognises a birth that's happened. It's already happened the moment these people chose to follow Jesus. The Bible explains in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Now, of course... Whenever there is a birth, whenever there's a new life, the people who celebrate perhaps more than anyone else are the family, the family of that child. And baptism is, for us as a church, a way of celebrating that there has been a new arrival in the family. Quite a few new arrivals today. A new arrivals in God's family, the church, the people of God. I'm told that you know back in the, um, in the ancient church days, um, in the Middle East, when they baptized new believers, they would do it in, um, by the riverbank. Where the church um, would stand on the opposite bank, and those getting baptized would emerge from the water and walk across into the welcoming embrace of their church family. And you'll see that later on tonight, after we've baptized these folks, um, we'll, we'll, there'll be an opportunity for friends and family to gather around them, to pray for them, and welcome them into the new family. And of course, that welcome continues on beyond tonight. Again, writing in this book, Ken explains that after being baptized here and then continuing to get plugged into the church, he said, I connected more and more and now it feels like my family. So that's what baptism is all about. We're marking and celebrating today something incredible that has happened in these individuals' lives, just as Jesus instructed us to. We're recognizing that they have been washed clean from those things that have separated them from their relationship with God. We're marking that they have let go of living a life according to their own design, and they've begun a new life, wanting to do God's will for the rest of their life. And they have joined the loving and embracing community called the church. We're going to hear from a few more of them now. But just to say, if you're interested, you know, if you're here as a visitor... And if this has got your interest piqued about faith, if you've got questions, if you'd like to know more, then we would love to help you in that journey. A couple of things that might help is that on the way out, there's these two little books, Why Jesus, which really is a simple explanation of what Christianity is all about. And this book, um, Changing Lives, which is a collection of people's stories from here. Um, in their own words, of how meeting Jesus has changed their life. They're free, and you can pick them up on the way out. And the other thing that we'd encourage you to do is, you know, you're very welcome to come along on a Sunday. We have three services here on a Sunday um, at uh, 9.30, 11.15, and then 7 p.m. There's um, kids' stuff at the morning services, And basically, every Sunday, there's worship like we had before, there's a Bible talk where somebody tries to explain what we think the Bible means about living the way God's designed us to live, Um, and there's free refreshments, and you'd be super welcome. So, that's all from me for now. Now we're going to welcome for the next story, Richard.
5: Hello, everyone. I'm Richard, and I'm 28 years old. I grew up in a small valley in South Wales, just outside Cardiff. I had a normal, happy upbringing. At the ages of 11, things started to change. I fell into the wrong crowd at school, and I started smoking cigarettes, uh, cannabis, and I also started taking amphetamines. I didn't behave well at school, which led me not to do so well at school. So straight from school, I joined the armed forces at 16, I completed two years' service before I failed a drug test, and I was discharged. I continued to misuse legal substances. At the age of 18, I became a father. Even though I was a young dad, I had plenty of support from my family. But this didn't stop me from taking illegal drugs. And I ended up on harder drugs then. And ten years just flashed, flashed so fast, like. And I was in such a dark place, I wanted to die. I cried out to God asking for an answer in what to do and how to do it. Then I was living in a hostel at the time and there was a woman from a drug agency. She knocked on my hostel door and she told me there was a rehabilitation center available. After a couple of weeks, I found myself at the doors of a rehabilitation center. I felt my prayers would be answered. This was God helping me get from that dark place to where I am today, 12 weeks sober. And happy, and, and actually happy. <laughs> From God answering my prayers, I, del- I developed the faith. And 17 years of addiction, and God has set me free.
8: <laughs> Brilliant.
5: I'm early on with my walk with God, but blessings are being poured upon me. In the Bible, God speaks to me most through proverbs, and I'm just learning how to live life through the Lord's message. I believe God has called me to go into schools and youth clubs to teach drug education and the dangers of them. I want to help you from falling into the life I've lived. And when my knowledge of the Bible is stronger, I want to preach the word and help people in the early stages of addiction, the link between the Bible and transformation of the mind. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me.
2: Fantastic. Now, would you please welcome Charlotte.
9: Growing up in a Christian household, I attended church every week. However, this was simply because I was told to every Sunday morning. As I grew older, I read the Bible and attended church camps, yet I never had a relationship with God or even knew Him, and I soon realized that I didn't have to go to church, so I stopped. I began to fall into the bad habits of a worldly lifestyle. I became consumed by gossip, judgment, and my physical appearance. However, during this time, my mental health began to decline. I was subsequently sectioned under the Mental Health Act and I found myself at the lowest point of my life during my time in hospital. I was unable to see family or friends and I was stripped of my life. And yet I began to feel a sense of inner peace and comfort. No matter how much I tried to dismiss this, this feeling led me persistently back to God and eventually back to the church after several years. Leaving hospital and reintegrating back into society was a challenge. My life had stood still while everyone around me had moved on, but this only strengthened my relationship with God as I relied and trusted in him more and more. I found myself returning to education and committing to recovery. Although this still had its ups and downs, it became an awful lot easier as my faith grew. I am now fully recovered. I have moved out of home and I'm studying psychology at university with the hope of helping others in a similar position. Since giving my life to Jesus, my life has significantly changed. He moves in my life every day, and I'm excited about a future in which I can carry on pursuing my journey with God. This is why I'm getting baptised.
2: Well done. And now let's welcome Paul I've wrong name. I've got the wrong name.
8: This is Bay, and I'm going to read his story um, on his behalf. I'm Porbei Bay, sorry. And I was born in the city of Kord to a family of Muslims, which meant that I was legally a Muslim under Islamic law. However, from the moment I was a teenager, I didn't believe in the Muslim God, and I didn't have any faith at all. I did not even know what the word of God meant. Before I became a believer in Jesus, I had no faith in miracles, forgiveness, or prayer. I didn't believe there was another life after death. I thought this world was all there was. In 2021, I went to my friend's house in Turkey, where he lived with his family. That family converted from Islam, Islam to Christianity, which meant that they had to flee Iran and became refugees in Turkey. One night, we were all invited to a party. Everyone there was a Christian who had left Iran. It was very interesting for me because for the first time, I saw people pray before they had dinner and praise in the name of Jesus. Within 30 minutes, they were all holding each other's hands and praying. It was the first time I'd been with people like this. And and, and I had never to this extent felt peace. It was interesting to me that they were beginning their prayers with thanks and praying in Jesus' name. I asked my friend about this and he said that for every blessing that God had given them, they would praise him in the name of Jesus because there is power in Jesus' name. There are miracles in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is alive and he listens to our prayers, even those who are sinners. When I wanted to return to Iran, my friend gave me a Bible I read the entire Bible, however, the verse that Jesus used to touch my heart was Luke 6, 37. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. After I'd read the Bible, I spoke to my friend, and I told him that I had faith that Jesus was the Son of God, and that the only way for sinners to be saved was through faith in Jesus I asked him how I could be a Christian and he told me to repent of my sins and to have faith that Jesus is the Son of God and is the living God. By praying the prayer of salvation, I surrendered my heart to Jesus. After I became a believer in Jesus, I've tried not to judge anyone and forgive until I am forgiven. I give all the difficulties and hardships in my life to Jesus and I pray with faith in him, which leads me to peace. I pray for all the people who do not know him and have not heard his word and have not given their heart to him. I pray that they hear the good news of the Holy Bible and find salvation in Jesus' name, amen. After I became a believer in Jesus, I've also been able to control my anger. Another interesting thing that has happened is that rather than always petitioning God in my prayer, I am now praising him more for what I already have. I have also learned to pray blessings over everyone in my life.
2: And finally, let's welcome Layla.
7: Just before I start, if you're getting baptized, you can now start to make your way to your lines. <laughs> just, um, so this is Layla, I'm just gonna read her testimony for her. So my name's Layla and I was born in a family of Muslims. From when I was a teenager, I practiced all elements of Islam. I prayed and fasted. I was a Muslim until I was 30 and had faith in Islam and its God. When I was 30, I saw the difficulties happening in Iran for women in the name of Islam, so I distanced myself from it. I realised that Islam was made by man and a complete lie. I felt very regretful that for 30 years I had wasted my life with ignorance and superstition. I decided that I would no longer follow any religion and had faith in nothing. Even though my husband became a believer in Jesus and would talk to me about Jesus, this had no effect on me. It was not until the moment we left Iran and met Christians from multiple countries that I wanted to know more about Jesus. So I started going to church and reading the Bible. Seeing the baptism of one of my friends at Trent Vineyard had a strong effect on me. I had a good feeling about it. When I saw the amount of young people filled with joy who were following Jesus and getting baptized, I had a very strange feeling and I wanted to experience this good and joyous sense forever. At that moment, I decided that I wanted to follow Jesus and put my trust in him. From that moment on, I decided to attend church services every week so I could learn more about Jesus and increase my faith in him. I'm very happy that I have now been saved and opened my heart to Jesus so that he could enter my heart and my life. Another reason I became a believer, is seeing the impact that Jesus has made on my husband, I am hopeful that this experience and sweet moment of becoming a believer would also find those who are searching for the true God. When I would read the Bible, this verse impacted my heart, and I would like to share it with you. What is impossible with man is possible with God. That's from Luke 18, 27. Even though I am a new believer, the moments that I that we are together in church or praying, I notice a feeling of peace and joy in my heart. I did not used to pray a lot before. However, since I became a believer, me and my husband pray in Jesus' name every day, and I feel joy and peace when we put our trust in God to resolve the difficulties we face in our lives.
1: Fantastic.
2: Brilliant. So the time has come to do the baptisms themselves. If you are um, a, a friend or a family member who wants to try and get a good photo, um, you are free if you want to to come down and try and come down the front and try and get a photo. What would just be really helpful is if you could bear in mind that for everybody to see, we need everybody to not get in the way of the cameras um, that are at the front here, so please avoid getting in front of the camera line. That will enable us all to watch the baptisms on the screens um, and for them to be captured for the future. Also, um, one thing to mention is that there are a number of our Iranian community getting baptised today. Many of them are still learning English, and so you'll hear one of the leaders from that community, Davud, saying their baptism words in Farsi language um, before the English as well, so that's what that is. So let's go. Darren, we baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
10: baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: Alex, we baptise you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Jacob we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit.
2: Richard Richard we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
10: We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy
11: Spirit. Grace, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Emily, we baptise you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
10: Ewan, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: Stephen, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Ben, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Charlotte, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
10: Gloria, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: We baptise you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Lauren, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: We baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
10: Right. Sky, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: James, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Coco, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Francois, we baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
10: We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: Jordan, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Joshua, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: <laughs> Megan, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
10: We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: Stephen, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Ollie, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Margarita, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
10: Zoe, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit.
11: Ross, we baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
7: Po, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit
2: Rachel, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son. And the Holy Spirit.
10: <laughs> Tumbra, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: Craig, we baptize you in the name of the Father,
1: and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Muhammad, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Megan, we baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
10: We baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
11: Jonathan, we baptise you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Ahmed,
7: we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Lewis, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
10: Colin, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit.
11: Christopher, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy
1: Spirit. Zahra,
7: we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. We baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Charlotte, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
7: Layla, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.